pray with me? Father, we bow in your presence. May your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and your greater glory our supreme concern. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord, lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we think of Christ, when we think of what he has gone through, uh, what he did for us on the cross, uh, what do you think of? What images come to mind? I submit to you maybe that images of, of the crucifixion come to your mind, maybe of his suffering. Uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's uh, him, him being beaten all night long for, for us. I think of the Passion of the Christ, and I can't imagine how many scenes uh, must be in your minds, uh, the scenes of suffering and, and all of the, the things that Christ went through, the Garden of Gethsemane. We know the, the Passion story. The Passion is fresh in our mind, and we, we, we can imagine uh, the suffering that Christ went through. Some of us even wear pectoral crosses or crosses with the crucifixion, with, with Jesus stretched out on the cross uh, as a reminder of the suffering that he went through. And those are some of the things that uh, we would at least say out loud that come to mind when, when we think of the cross. But I want to mess your theology up uh, this morning, uh, if I can do so. Uh, oftentimes, I think when we think of the cross, uh, we think not of the suffering of Christ, but we often think about... Uh, we often think about our benefits, how we have become children of God, how we become heirs to the eternal promises of, who, of God, how we become righteous and had our, blood, our, our robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I think far too often uh, when we think about Christ, we don't think about what he go, he's gone through. Too often we think about the stuff we get, the rewards we get because of what he's done. Really, it's not about him. It's about us and about our betterment. I think sometimes we can see that in, in the world we live in as well. People are climbing the corporate ladder and doing whatever it takes to, to come out better. And everybody has the, uh, in this political season, everybody has the new strategy and, and how we're going, how we're going to better the human race and how we're going to be better than this person. And there's a lot of mudslinging going on and all this stuff. But every system of man really, uh, just seems to put another group of men on top. But if we look at our scriptures today, we see a completely different story. Jesus is, is telling his disciples how to be great. He's reminding them of what greatness, not what, not what greatness costs, but who greatness is. See, greatness is a person. If you have your Bibles or your bulletins, please turn with me in them to our, our gospel, uh, Mark here, chapter 10. And I know our gospel kind of began at, at verse 35, but I'm, I'm going to, to pick up just a little bit ahead of that, uh, starting at uh, verse 32, to kind of give context. I really wish, uh, really wish that uh, we had verses 32 uh, through 34 in there to kind of give us some context of what, what Jesus is talking about and what he addresses his disciples with. Verse 32, and it says, uh, I'm going to be reading from the ESV, and they were on the road, and they were going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed. And those who followed him were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was going to happen to him, saying, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him, and they will spit on him and flog him and kill him. 
And after three days, he'll rise. Jesus is telling the story, and we being uh, post-biblical uh, times, we, we kind of remember the passion. We know what he's talking about. Uh, we have the benefit of, of being on this side of the cross, and so we, we know exactly what he's talking about. But right after Jesus is telling them and trying to convey to his disciples uh, the death in which he was about to die, listen to what James and John have the nerve to say. Uh, verse 35, And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do one thing for us, whatever we ask you. And he says to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in glory. Right after Jesus tells them that he's about to die and that he's about to suffer this horrible death on the cross, and that he's about to give his life up. See, this is the third time that Jesus has told in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus has told his disciples and tried to convey this message of death, what he's about to do. And they can't get over themselves. And they don't really care about the suffering of God and what he's about to do. They want to know who's, who's going to sit at your right hand and who's going to sit at your left. Who's going to rule with you, Jesus? Where's my seat? It's all about me. James and John, uh, our brothers, often, I think, reflect our heart and how we can view the crucifixion. What do we get out of it, Jesus? What, what yeah, 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 you died, you suffered, all that stuff. Yeah, that's well and good. But, but what do we get out of it? Where do we sit? Where do we stand? What are our, what are our benefits? The nerve. I think sometimes it's about our prayer life, or maybe at least mine. Sometimes, so often, I go to God, uh, and it's not about his glory and about his will and what he wants me to do. I go to him with a long list of stuff, right? God, I just want you to do, and if you would do this, and I've got trouble over here, and if you would deliver me from this, and God, I need you to step in and do this, and help me with this, and help me, 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 I, 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 and nothing about him. I'm talking at God, wanting him to do because I'm saved, because of what he did, right? All the benefits I, these are the benefits I get. Because of you, because you died, because you, you, you rose again, and because uh, I am the son of God, and because I'm righteous, do all of this stuff for me. And the real question is, what are we doing for Christ? You see, he died. Uh, not, his death was not about us. I'm going to mess your theology up a little bit. It's not about us. You see, when we, when we think of Christ's death, we think about the benefits that we have but the benefits that we get. Uh, and that's true. But the death of Christ, the real purpose in the death of Christ, was not so that we could become heirs and, and all of this stuff and have all these things in heaven and, and go to heaven and all that stuff. That was true, and that's absolutely part of it. But the real reason Christ died was to set the world back in order. You see in the book of Genesis, uh, God, when God created the, world, God created the earth, it was beautiful. It was without sin, and it was absolutely everything he wanted it to be. Man was walking in the garden with God had, and had this relationship with God, God interacting with his creation and creation after interacting with their God. It was a beautiful thing. And then we messed it up with sin, and it became about us from that point forward. And Jesus died on the cross to restore the kingdom of God. To help us get back to God's original intent, his original plan. What was that? So that we could be in right relationship with God. So that we could get over ourselves, dare I say. In our gospel, he goes on, and he says, James and John, 
He says, yeah, you, you, can, you can do this stuff, uh, but, but if you're going to rule with me, and you're, if you're going to, uh, uh, before I answer that question, if you're going to rule with me and who's going to sit at my left and who's going to sit at my right, I've got a question for you. Can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Can you, can you be baptized in the baptism in which I'm about to be baptized? Jesus is getting to the point. What cup is he about to drink? You see, Jesus is about to, he, he told them in just the, the, the verses we read above that, Jesus is about to drink a big cup of God's wrath. He's going to swallow it whole and take upon himself the cup of God's wrath. And while they think it might be the cup of blessing and all of that stuff, the reality is it's the cup of God's wrath. His suffering. See, so often when we think of the cross, we, we think of our benefit and not of the suffering of Christ. I'm going to say it over and over again, so I hope that you get it. It's not about us. It's about him and his will and the kingdom of God and that breaking forth in the, in, in the, in the hearts of man. Can you drink of the cup of the suffering in which I'm going to drink? Can you be baptized in the baptism in which I'm about to be baptized? What is he talking about? He's talking about the death. His death. Romans tells us that if we were buried with, if we were, uh, that we were buried with Christ, and if we were buried with Christ, we often we are raised also to, in Christ into new life with Him. It's a summary of Romans, uh, and and we so often forget the buried part. We focus so much on the resurrection and the joy and all of that, but you can't get to heaven without the resurrection or without the cross, without the suffering. You see, Christ died. He became obedient to God, even to the point of death. Uh, even death on the cross, Philippians says. He died and he suffered. And for our sake, we, 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 hear, we heard earlier about the, the suffering servant. About in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, that was Jesus. That's what he did. That's what he did for us. That's the baptism in which he is talking about. This death. We have joined Christ in that death. We're also raised to him in new life. We're also raised with him in new life. Verse 41. And then when the ten heard it, they began to become indignant with James and John. And I think that their indignation, and this is a little eisegesis, and so Father Joe, forgive me a little bit. Um, this is me reading into the text my situation, not what the text says, but I'm, I, I just have a thought. I'm going to share it with you all. Um, uh, my, my thought is that they, I don't think that, that the, the ten, the rest of the disciples, were really upset with James and John um, because of the question they asked. I think they were more upset because they asked it first. You see, I think it really reveals, uh, that, that question really reveals what's going on in all of our hearts. James and John had the courage and the gumption to ask it, but I think it really, it, it really reveals the, the question that's in all of our hearts. What, what's in it for me, Jesus? He responds and he says, uh, and Jesus called, in verse 30, uh, 42, Jesus called to them and he said to them, you know uh, that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and they exercised uh, the one's great authority over them. But it shall not be so among you, but whoever uh, would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever is first among you must be a slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life ransom for many. You see, the cross turns the kingdom of man 
upside down. It is not, in the kingdom of God, it is not a world and a kingdom in which man is climbing to the, to the top seat, climbing over, stepping over people and, and saying whatever they want to say to get ahead and, and cheating and manipulating every situation so that they can get the most out of life, so that they can live their best life now. Right? We hear that all the time, living, living my best night life now, and i got to do whatever it takes because it's all about me. I'm climbing over people, and I can say whatever I want to say to people, and I can hurt them because it's not about them. It's about, about me. In the kingdom of God, however, he says if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must lower yourself. You must come, become like me, a servant. A servant. He quotes... Uh, and the, he quotes the, the song of uh, the suffering servant what we heard in, in Isaiah, Isaiah 53. And so it should remind us of what, what this servant does. He gives up himself. He who, was, who had done no wrong was beaten all night long for us. He didn't even open his mouth, the scripture says. He didn't even open his mouth. And yet we heaped judgment and all of these things against him. And he says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, it is not by climbing over the backs of your brothers. It is not by pushing them down and stepping on them and climbing and doing whatever it takes to get above. He said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you must lower yourself. You must humble yourself. You see, the kingdom of God, those who are great, gird themselves in a towel. Because of what Jesus has done, they have the ability to get over themselves and to focus on God. Because to them, the reality of the kingdom of God has been opened. They are able to see with fresh eyes what God is doing in the world. And through humility, they get over themselves and they begin to serve others as Christ served. They begin to model their lives as after a servant. I submit to you that James, uh, when Jesus says, it's not mine to determine who is going to sit at my left and who's going to sit at my right, I think we know who, who, is, who sat at Christ's left and who sat at Christ's right. If we, we look at the, the story of the crucifixion, you see it's not two kings that sit at Christ's left and at his right. But I submit to you that it's two thieves. One who realizes his own unworthiness, right? <laughs> and what does Jesus say to him? Today you'll be with me in paradise thief who has gotten over himself has now ascended to the throne of God. That day, Jesus, the scriptures say, this day you'll be with me in paradise. How do we get to heaven? We get over ourselves. Yes, it's through the faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, but in, in order to do that, in order to really believe it, in order to really live it out, we have to get rid of ourselves. We have to embrace the suffering. We have to embrace the attitude of Christ. You see, in the kingdom of God, it's not, it's not really about us. It's not about what we get. It's about him and about his glory. You see, James and John didn't realize that they were actually talking, uh, who they were actually talking to. They were talking, they thought that they were going to march to Jerusalem and it was going to be this triumphal thing and Jesus was going to be enthroned. It was going to be this great, great political statement and, and we're finally going to stick it to the Romans and to everyone who doubted us, Jesus is Lord. Well, he, 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 he is Lord. And he was Lord before that moment. You see, they thought 
that going to Jerusalem was going to make him king and he was going to do this big thing, they failed to realize that he was already a king. That he already was sitting at the right hand of God the Father and humbled himself, being born of a virgin, coming through 40 and two generations, to open a virgin's womb for us. Wrapped himself in flesh, taking on the form of a servant, the scripture says, so that we might become sons of God, that we might be able to participate in God's original plan, God's original design, and be in communion with him, that we might have the ministry of reconciliation and helping God turn this world upside down to the glory of his Father. I pray that we indeed participate in that moment, in that movement, in that reality. The kingdom of God isn't coming. The kingdom of God is here. If we can see it, if we can get over ourselves and humble ourselves and see Jesus Christ as the head, model our lives after him, after a servant, I think through God's grace we'll get there. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.